On this episode of This Is 393, we focus on the career of Devin Bates, aka Buffalo, a Winnipeg-born producer. Influenced by rap rock, punk, musicals, hip-hop, and electronic music, Buffalo has carved a niche with his skill set and pocket of influences. Working with the likes of Common Holly, longtime friend Jean-Michel Blay, and Jeremy Dutcher, the now Montreal-based producers' fingerprints are felt on several critically acclaimed releases. Buffalo Sound is heard with co-producer Jeremy Dutcher on the latter's debut Polaris Prize winning and Juno-nominated project, as well as on Jean-Michel Blay's 2018 Polaris Prize-nominated record. This is 101.5 UMFM, a rebroadcast. Since the original airing of this, Jeremy Dutcher did win the Juno Award for Indigenous Music Album 2019. The interview with Buffalo is done by Marisol Lagash, with Sandy Balcaran to Leanne Arian. Now, some common holly on 101.5. In town by all the birch trees Where my love said there'd be fallen leaves It's a distance we can travel Involves snow parting of the seas It's a cabin on the lakeside And it's empty Take the road along the lakeside Hang left before the great divide Hope we get there after nightfall So we'll have nowhere to wait and hide Till tomorrow, till tomorrow It'll look just the same sitting here with award-winning producer um can you introduce yourself i go by buffalo my name's devin can you spell that out uh yeah so buffalo that's b-u-f-f-l-o not buffalo don't let the autocorrect fool you all right can you go more in depth on what you do as a profession uh, so as a profession, I produce music. Um, I produce other artists' music as well as my own. 
I also uh, make a lot of music for performance, uh, dance and theater and the like. And uh, that's that. those are the main things. When would you say you started entering the field of like writing music for theater or uh, music that was beyond just for your own consumption? Um, it all began one fateful summer. Uh, no, but really, I guess it began when um, I was with my friend uh, Jean-Michel Blais, and uh, he wanted to make an album just kind of for fun for his friends and family. And so I quote unquote produced it, not really knowing what that meant. And uh, we put it on Bandcamp. And then like a year or so later, it got picked up by a, a big label. And then I became a producer somehow because that's what, uh, well, that's that was the title that was given to me. So I just kind of figured out what that was and went from there. As a producer, doesn't always connote like what your first contact was in terms of like musical instruments or like creativity and like was it um, like logic or whatever program you use that was your first access or was it kind of like you said like you we were making music with your friends so was there like jamming right. what was kind of like your your introduction yeah um so kind of a weird oh no, uh, yeah kind of a funny story in that uh, it mostly came from, uh, it actually started with computer games. I played a lot of computer games as a kid. And I got this one, I just bought this random game from EB Games when I was like 12. And it was called Hip Hop EJ. It was like this series of games where basically like, it's like a DAW, like a, like a, like a, whatever, audio session. Um, and you just click and drag different loops into the session and you create these hot tracks without doing any work basically and I got super into that and um, when I realized that there was like a, an audio recording function I started like recording like guitar onto these beats and doing like terrible Linkin Park covers and stuff like that and then I just kind of I just never stopped from that point onwards. So Buffalo when did it when did this producer thing turn into something you did with fun with your friends to an actual profession? Um, so it became a profession, I guess. Uh, well, it's kind of like, what is a prof This sounds kind of trite, but like, what is a profession in the sense of, I guess, technically, that's when the first time someone pays you to do it. So it was the first time literally one of my friends paid me to produce their stuff but I mean I feel like it started before that like when I just committed a lot of my time uh, to producing music yeah uh, with Jean-Michel with that first album um, and uh, yeah I don't know it's a gradual process there's not really like a moment when you start doing something professionally you just kind of realize one day that you've been doing this one thing a lot <laughs> what was it like after one of your projects or the projects you've been working on winning an award like did that have any change on your mentality towards this or was it just another milestone another thing in the bucket list um yeah oh yeah for sure it's uh it's definitely validating of course um but uh, oof, that's a kind of a tough question um it gives you a sense of being on the map a little bit more. It's it's more of just like a personal validation thing, though. So it's like I feel like you can get that validation from anything else. Like you don't need to win an award to get that kind of confidence. Um, but it, it definitely definitely helps. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like being the producer of someone who's won the Polaris Prize is a very different thing from being the one who won the Polaris Prize. It's not like like I, I'm in the lights or whatever. I'm, I'm not walking. Well, I walked one red carpet at the Polaris, but I just don't generally do that sort of thing. Um, 
so it's kind of uh yeah it's more for the artist and less for the producer but i'm just yeah so happy that i'm able to like actually lift up the artists in my life by producing them you started out off of a video game producing or making beats where, where did you go from there um i got my first uh digital audio workstation which was cakewalk home studio at the time um and yeah just kind of made it up as i went i really didn't know what i was doing this was either pre pre youtube tutorial era or just i'm i didn't do that and it was really just trial and error like figuring out what a compressor is by like putting a compressor on the vocal track and realizing that it sounds better but never not understanding why until like five years later um so it was really this process of just throwing things out there and seeing what stuck um and really just i felt like i just needed to make this game needed to uh be making music all the time and so i just i i didn't didn't stop i i produced probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tracks over the course of my life um just yeah because it's what i needed to do you say like now contrasting it to being an award or having your record recognized on the polaris level what would you say was maybe the biggest hurdle or um as a someone that creates music uh the biggest hurdle i would say is um when you realize it is becoming your profession uh insofar as when money starts getting involved and when you start to attach like how how to live like financially and all that to something that you're really passionate about and that creatively speaking you feel like you need to do it becomes quite messy um it can be more difficult to stay inspired and to remember the reasons why you're making music when you start to not be doing it for a paycheck but you have to keep that in mind when you are producing music so that I think that's the biggest hurdle is uh, capitalism. But really, is uh, when uh, uh, money gets involved and just getting back, always reminding yourself of like where your roots are, creatively speaking and musically speaking, and always going back to that and always being passionate about what you're doing because that's what got you started in the first place. You're listening to 101.5 UMFM. 
So here at 393B, I have a lot of people that are just trying to find their sound or beginning to find their sound. And when we listen to your, your music, you have your own distinctive sound. When we hear it, we know it's Buffalo. Um, can you explain the process of just finding your sound and just perfecting it from there? Um, yeah, just just keep on creating stuff. And like, I've made so much music, like a ridiculous amount of music, and 90% of it is probably terrible. Um, but I make it because I love to make it. And I think you do need to make a lot of, well, bad quote unquote, music that I would think is bad uh, work to uh, get to the stuff that you that you identify with the most um, and uh, it's for me anyway making music is about it's like chances are you love listening to music if you're making music and if you're making music it's probably because you want to be hearing a certain kind of music that you're not hearing yet so for me, it's just about like making the music that you want to be listening to that you haven't heard yet. Um, so which is why my like my sound is uh, just shamelessly influenced by like my musical upbringing. So like kind of embarrassing, like new metal from that to a bit of hip hop to like the kind of musicals that my mom liked and like all of this stuff just gets thrown into this stew because it's the music that I want to hear regardless of what genre it is and it all goes into it at the end. So talking about sounds that inspire you, who are you listening to right now and who are you really like enjoying music from as of late? Oh man, that's always such a crazy question. Um, uh, who who am I listening to right now? Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely listening to things, but I'm on kind of a a, a bit of like an, a a metal trip right now. I'm kind of again getting back to my my teenage roots. Uh, the band Daughters uh, released an album this year that's incredible as well as a band called The Body also released an album this year, which just blows my mind. Um, uh, going a little bit back in time, I've been, like, I kind of uh, been listening to more music, not as research, but I just listen to everything because I know that it's gonna contribute to how I make music. Uh, so I've been going back in time and listening to a ba an 80s band called Talk Talk. Um, Kind of dad rock, but pretty sweet. Jeff Buckley, always. Cats the Musical, always. Uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Andrew Lloyd Webber, love it. Um, Aldous Harding, a singer-songwriter who's incredible, especially if you're either a singer-songwriter or if you're a producer. It's some of the most amazing production I've heard. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers. The list goes on. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Does the music you listen to, did the music you listen to when you were younger affect your music now? Yeah, definitely. And I think that uh, it's pretty unavoidable if you continue making music throughout your life that your roots are pretty hard to uh, hard to ignore. Or not ignore, but they they come back and get you, which is why there's so much. Uh, of you know metal and Lincoln Park and that kind of thing and you know in music that where there's not usually place for that like with Common Holly this artist I produce who's a singer songwriter like sneaking in Lincoln Park beats to a singer songwriter is uh, yeah it's uh the the kind of the way that music moves you for me anyway like I, when I was a kid or when I was a teenager like that that kind of level of depth the way music hits you you just you're kind of, in a good way, you're scarred by that. And, and I think you always kind of return back to those, those formative moments, whatever they were. So what was it like uh, post-graduation from going to recording music with your classmates? And mm. What was it like after high school and after graduation? Uh, so I was pretty ready, ready to uh, get out 
of uh, school and uh, Winnipeg at the time, though love it dearly, miss it all the time, love the prairies. Um, but uh, yeah, so the day after high school, well, actually throughout my last year of school, uh, with a friend, we kind of skipped a lot of class and um, spent a lot of time building and engineering this this raft of sorts, this kind of barge, we called it. Uh, and so the day after we graduated, um, we put the barge on the Red River, uh, got a paddle, packed some sandwiches, a couple cans of sardines, and we uh, just set sail on this uh, barge for two days, two days straight. We went up north, um, and it was incredibly dangerous, and I do not recommend anyone doing that but I did it. Um, and then from there, I was kind of uh, just wayward. I uh, like back, like hitchhiked and like traveled around a lot and lived in a bit of a punk house um, for like a year um, and just continued to make music. And actually, no, the biggest thing that I did during that period of time and also in high school, that was one of the most formative things for me musically as I like, like person who makes music or produces music or everything is busking so like playing on the on the streets of winnipeg or uh, and at the forks and all this stuff was hugely formative it completely changed my understanding of how music works when you're trying to like grab people's attention that are walking by uh and you only have like 10 seconds to get someone's focus and how that works um yeah that really had a huge impact on my music making so that was yeah post high school when we listen to your music we hear a lot of organic noises so how would you uh get those were they through like packs or like splice or uh so i bought a, a long time ago this uh, zoom h4n which is like a portable recorder and it has a really amazing stereo mic and so I'm constantly recording uh, just everything and anything, and I sample that work. Uh, and if I don't have that, I record on my phone. The microphones on phones, the microphones on phones now are pretty good. Uh, and so I think just yeah, using interesting source material ought not just helps so much in making interesting arrangements when at the foundation you're using like unconventional sounds or samples. Um, so yeah, I never really got that into sample packs until later in life. Yeah. So how did the name Buffalo come about? I'm sworn to secrecy on that one. I'm afraid I, I don't know if I'm ready. It's uh, it's really stupid <laughs> someday. Is there a stupid reason why there's no A, or is it just because? Um, <laughs> just because. Yeah, next next question. <laughs> so, uh, when you uh, set up, when you left on your raft and going to see other places outside of Winnipeg, did you? Uh, pull any inspiration from that and does it can we see it translate to your music for at the time when you did that or um i don't know if you'd be able to like i don't know if there's a direct analog so to speak from like traveling to how you make music but i think with any uh, art making or creative process, like simply having life experience has a huge impact on how you make things and how you perceive the world and all, and all this. And so I think that just living an interesting life makes you make more interesting music. Um, and traveling was a big part of, or traveling, like hitchhiking and like, you know, living out of a tent and sleeping bag and whatever. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it all goes into your music at the end of the day. So living an interesting life is an important part of that, I think. So you released your own project back in 2016. 
are we gonna see any music of just buffalo anytime soon or i hope so yeah uh when i get the time to do that again but i really miss making my own music and it's really overdue um so yes but i have no idea when but it's coming uh can we see you at any different uh places anytime soon like events or uh in winnipeg sadly no i live in montreal um i do tour with uh one of the artists that i produce common holly uh who's great highly recommend um all biases aside she's great um so i'm often on tour with her um but buffalo no i i haven't performed under that name in a while and because uh, it's pretty much impossible to perform live and uh but yeah if you come around montreal i'm sure things will be going on for some of the participants here and like people um who frequent the studio who are kind of coming in and do the sampling of sounds and they're kind of like at a roadblock is there anything you can tell for to them in terms of um encouragement yeah things like that as and what is this what what roadblock is that like just um sometimes if for instance they may not have the theoretical facility or knowledge in terms of arranging songs or um if uh they're not necessarily sure how to share the music because they feel it's a little off kilter from what is mainstream today which we can liken your music to being right so like kind of like people who are against that green like what can you tell them Okay, well, I kind of anticipated something like this, so I wrote down a few things <laughs> so I'd remember. Um, so in, in regards to like not wanting to share it because you feel like it's not done or it's too off kilter or whatever, just do it. <laughs> just share it. And that I say that with emphasis because that is my one of my biggest problems is that I never share things. I, li- I have an entire album that's been sitting on a shelf for over a year. And I, so I'm probably not going to do anything with it. But anyway, it's all to say, like, and Buffalo, that whole project started, I was making music just for myself, and I, like, gave it to a teacher and was like, I don't know, what do you think? And he was like, this is amazing. Like, put it on the internet. And then everything followed from that. And I never would have done that on my own. I, I needed someone else to needed to send it to one person for that person to be like yeah it's good do something with it and so it, yeah that's one thing if you had a roadblock share it with people um and yeah if you're running into a roadblock in terms of sound uh get weird with it in terms of like the medium that you're using if you're working off a grid then go off grid um if you're writing music on the guitar and you're struggling, then change the tuning of the guitar to something that you've never done before. So you're for- forced to do something new or, you know, change the tempo by 30 BPM or, you know, just kind of radicalize what you're doing just to shake yourself up. And the last thing I would say is, especially now for the kind of producing that I'm doing, the the most important one of the most important steps of the creative process is just stepping away that when you're just sitting in front of your computer and you're trying to make something happen and it's not working just walk away just do something else watch a movie whatever and then come back to it because fresh ears are is literally the most important thing to music making is just coming at something fresh do something that inspires you that's completely unrelated to music and then come back to it because chances are a lot of your ideas are actually good but you just don't actually know it that's what i found in the past i never think my ideas are good when i first make them but then i come back to them later i'm like this is sick why would i ever think that so yeah just trust can you give us a quick shout out of uh, your social medias and where we can find you online uh yeah so i at this point, I pretty much only use Instagram, uh, buffalo.prod, as in production. And uh, don't let it autocorrect it to Buffalo, folks. It's a thing. 
Uh, yeah, that's it. Follow me on Instagram. I have Facebook. Don't really use it. That's it. I'm really bad at social media. Where can people find your music? Uh, you can find my music on all digital streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, uh, Bandcamp. It's uh, it's everywhere. Just look for Buffalo, not Buffalo. B-U-F-F-L-O. Thank you for coming in today to 393. You're listening to 101.5 UMFM. What you just heard there was an interview with Winnipeg-born producer Buffalo. 
he stopped by 393 late 2018 for a workshop and an interview. He had a great time, was inspired, felt the positivity of the place, the creativeness of it as well. Uh, DM'd us basically right after the workshop to say how much of a good time he had and trying to figure out another time that he could come through maybe on that visit or on a future visit. So thank you very much, Devin, for coming through. Thank you, Marisol, Arian, and Talia for your questions. Please catch us on This Is 393 on 101.5 UMFM every Wednesday night, 11 p.m., as well as on SoundCloud, iTunes. If you want to come through, just remember that we are also a drop-in for youth that focuses on music, production, uh, writing, performing, as well as visual arts and dance, podcasting also involved in there. Uh, Monday to Friday, we are open 4 to 8 p.m. in the Skywalk of Portage Place in Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's right by the bay, in between the bay and Staples. All right, catch you next time. Today, a new day. Yesterday, I saw my grandma in Edmonton. Today, a new day. My uncle Adam caught a case and I liked him. Today, a new day. Today, a new day. My auntie's boyfriend in the pen and I don't like him. Today, a new day. My mom done fell and hurt her leg at the Santa Claus parade. They asked her if she okay or if she drank. I don't like that. And today, a new day. My pops done got pulled over when the towers done fall and I ain't like that. So I ain't quit yet. Chopper in my bike, falling in a pothole in the 7 Eleven, looking like a jackpot. If I intervene, will I die? Machete's gonna kill me. Cops just scare me. Everyone in trouble when the neighborhood is income, yo. Everyone in trouble when the neighborhood is income, yo. Ah. Uh. Probably cause it's a probable cause. Probably cause it's a probable cause. Dave is my friend, these is my ends. Probably cause it's a probable cause. We all falling, we all falling, we all falling. In our pawn shops with the neighborhood and the shortcuts with the dollar slice. We all falling, we all falling. Call me the cash back. Probably cause it's a probable, it's a probable, it's a probable cause. You're listening to 101.5 UMFM.
VCRs and cassettes, had no money for the internet. Wi-Fi on the strip, got the Popeyes on the strip. Haven't been there in a bit. Everybody with the answers, never got money to spend. I've been cooler like a half of a percent. Icy sink, you color the vision, I don't wanna link. Where we live, roadblocks, bullet hole in the whip. Came through by the ring ram, give no damn who the thing hit. I don't lay switch, still riding with the same click. Police always on the app. 13 on Finch, homie getting frisked. Like we wearing kids. Wifey don't eat pork bowls with the pigs. 12 jump my kin. Niggas can pretend that I ain't cut with the pen. Everybody scared I don't need more friends. Squad got severed. Tied loose ends. Like a tourniquet. You ain't worth a bit. I've been earning grips. You ain't earning grips. I've been earning grips. You ain't earning grips. Squad got severed. Tied loose ends. Like a tourniquet. You ain't worth a bit. I've been earning grips. You ain't earning grip. I've been earning grips. You ain't earning grip. Uh, me working a bit. You're 100%. Only had a bit. Still don't like the flex. Got no sponsorships. No logos on my fit. Unless it's my face. It's a for the kicks. Only talk a bit. Nigga sensitive. Been at this a minute. They are sedative. Balenciaga weak. They don't care about me. All I make is hits. Tell them check the street. Not full of police. Always on the app. Always different other side of the tracks People always pushing all the product that they lack How you got opinions but ain't giving up the cash Me I don't feel it, skeleton in it What side haven't had to nails in a minute Not the one to floss but I don't have fillers Solange got me singing about all of my niggas Squad got severed, tied loose ends Like a tourniquet, you ain't worth a bit I've been earning grips, you ain't earning grip. I've been earning grips, you ain't earning grip. Squad got severed, tied loose ends. Like a tourniquet, you ain't worth a bit. I've been earning grips, you ain't earning grip. I've been earning grips, you ain't earning grip. Squad got severed, tied loose ends. I 
of war. You give me hype with all your fight, your fighting. Tell me what is wrong with me. Invested in your fantasy, realities not reading the fall. Everything I'm fucking up selfishly. This is 393, my name is Osani, also known as the OB, and I'm here at 101.5 UMFM today. I recently sat down with Snotty Nose Res Kids and interviewed them about the highs, lows, and lots of music, as well as their story and how they started up in the rap world. Snotty Nose Res Kids are a Canadian First Nations hip-hop group composed of Young D and Young Tribes. Their 2017 album, The Average Savage, was shortlisted for the Polaris Prize Award. Here is the interview. What was it? What was it like doing this album with so many members and uh, being uh, shortlisted for the Polaris? You talking about the Average Savage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like the Average Savage started like late, not late, like early 2017. You had this idea of like you put together like all these clips of things you heard in like Disney yeah. movies, like Pocahontas, and like. Kind of really, like, <laughs> really blew my mind at that point. I'm just like, oh, where's he going with this? Yeah. And then he went on to show me Savages. Yeah, and then the rest is history, man. And yeah. I guess about majority of the year to get that album done. And then almost exactly a year later, we get nominated for Polaris. Really like a snowball effect, if you think about it. Yeah, and getting shortlisted for Polaris is a bit of a process. Uh, it started out with... Um, Someone reaching out to us, reaching out to me on, on Facebook and asking what I thought about him nominating us for the shortlist because it takes someone to first, like, initiate that, right? And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, I was thinking, like, we were, like, in on this place, on the place prize. I, mean, I was really too sure of the process. And then I went and Googled, like, the whole process, like, long list, short list, and having to get through that first phase of like um the first phase of like even getting onto the long list and then when we got onto the long list it was just like a like that alone was a surreal feeling and i thought that um that was going to be it and then i seen a lot of talk around um, the average savage about it being like possibly winning the player's prize and when we got shortlisted like it was like a surreal feeling yeah, I really um yeah, I really appreciate that album for the for the message and I, I really like that album as uh put together like a whole project. I was wondering, um, did you get to personally work with all these people individually in the studio or how did how did that work? Did you have people in mind and you just kinda like sent for out? For the average savage, we actually recorded that whole project in Hazleton, BC. I was living there at the time and Darren ended up coming and stay with me for about three weeks. And we got that whole album recorded. And all the features on that album were done out of town. Like, we, we had no part in that. But we, we reached out to them through the year of, was it 2017? So, like, from, like, early, I would say probably January of 2017, I started putting together the features for that and started reaching out to all the people and just telling them what, what songs I wanted them on and what I wanted the songs to be about. And everyone was like really down to do this record with us, and that was before we had any like any pull on the, in the hip hop scene. Like no one really knew who we were, but they were still down to work with us, which was pretty cool. So the average savage was sort of your was your first studio album that was uh, planned to that degree with features and promoting it and. Uh... Yeah, like there, there's always been like plans for us, but uh, the first self-titled album, Snotty Nose Res Kids. That was just me and Darren. Like, we didn't know anyone in the city of Vancouver, and we didn't know anyone in the hip-hop scene. Like, we were just kind of, like, brand new to this whole thing. So that album was a lot of getting raw emotions off of our chest and really expressing ourselves for who we were at the time. And The Average Savage was a lot different than that in, in terms of being able to plan it. How did, uh, how did rap, uh, rap start for both of you, like, going, going all the way back? Well, I think you both started writing off with poetry, and that kind of just escalated over the years in high school. But it came down to me taking this, this audio engineering and music production program out in uh, North Vancouver. Mm. And I learned how to work Pro Tools. I learned how to 
set up and work the studio that they have there. And, you know, me and Q just started recording there. He's, like, the only guy that I, that I knew personally that rapped. So me and him just started making track after track. And, again, it was kind of like a snowball effect. And to pull it back even further than that, we actually had, like, a, our own rap group with a couple of our cousins back in the day. We recorded tracks at Darren's house when we were probably, like, what, like 13 years old. Yeah, we were pretty young, like, just recording songs just for fun and then putting them out on CDs in, in, our, in our hometown. And people were kind of, like, vibes to our music when we were kids, too. Nice. So, so you got a lot of support from the community, and you'd say? Yeah, like, we definitely wouldn't be where we're at without our community. Hmm. So so I was wondering, the Snotty Res Kids at record, are some of those key verses Wow, for that Snotty Nose Rest Kids was like was some of those verses ones that you have maybe done from a long time ago and then but you put on a record sort of like pay homage to that younger self or was that or was Snotty Nose Rest Kids an, a record that you just sat in the studio and sort of made? I mean, I think our our writing style and skills have like evolved so much since we started that we haven't put any of our old writings on on wax on, in, in recent years. We keep a notepad full of rhymes at all times just to just to have in case, like, we run into writer's block or anything like that. But, no, I, I wouldn't say that we did that. So who, do, who does the the beat making for you right now? Do one of you also do the productions for the for beats as well, or do you outsource uh, that? I wish. <laughs> now nah, we've just been getting our beats online. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for the first album, we worked with, like, a lot of leases. So, like, we leased a lot of the beats. Because when you're an up-and-coming artist, if you try buy something exclusive when you don't really have any money, it's, like, an arm and a leg. You know? So, we used to trip about, like... Oh, I used to trip about it, at least. Like, oh, like, we got to have an exclusive. We got to do this. Because, like, I took music business in that yeah. music program, right? Yeah. And... What we learned over time is, like, the fans aren't going to really trip over whether or not we own the beat. What matters is is a dope, you know? And uh, producing is definitely something in my long-term goals. Mm -hmm. But for now, like, we're still sticking to the formula of getting our beats online. And just to add to that as well, um, like Darren said, we used to release our beats. Um... This record is the first record that we've been on where all our beats are uh, purchased exclusively through producers from Atlanta, the UK, and, like, all over America. Do you, like, follow these people on Instagram, or do you do you make, like, the connection via the web first? Or how do you go about um, buying beats exclusively online? Actually, over the last, like Darren said, like, over the last two years of we've been making music, we've been working with... Um, different producers from BeatStars. That's the website. And we actually made connections with a few of the producers that we've been working with. One goes by the name of uh, Kato. He's out of Atlanta. And he's produced, like, quite a bit of our of our up-and-coming album. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot of his beats. He's a really good producer. That's awesome that you got to work with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's dope. And he's, like, probably uh, produced a good chunk of our album for us. Me, personally, I'm a pretty... Uh pretty big like music nerd myself but uh yeah so this interview is also for other people that want to listen um so, so i guess my next question is uh just about the trans mountain pipeline and how do you uh because right now because right now it seems like no matter how much protesting gets done um it, it just seems really i guess disheartening how do you how do you balance that or how do you how do you still remain to have hope? Or I mean, with everything that's going on around like social media and what's going on in our in our homelands right now, it's really hard to to stay positive. Uh, we stay positive by the people that we surround ourselves with. You know, like we all have that same vision. We all have the, the same the same. We all hold ourselves in the same way. Yeah. And our values are all in the same place. So by surrounding ourselves with like-minded people, it's, it makes it a little easier for us to, to deal with what's going on in our communities and stuff like that right now. So, so do you feel like being a... Because uh, I know your music talks about the um, Trans-Mountain ma- ma- Pipeline. Do you feel like it's 
that it's a balance between, or how, how do you sort of like balance between going and you know being in being actually there, like protesting, and then also going and trying to do trying to you know whether you have like family or try to make do what it needs to be done outside of um, of being on the ground level. Yeah, I mean we can we do what we can, you know. Like um, uh, a few years ago, I went to Lilo Island and I was there for a week around Christmas break when they when they needed when they needed me. So they called me up and asked me to come and uh, occupy their territory while uh, a lot of them had to go to their families for Christmas vacation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I step up when I need to be when I need to step up. Yeah. And, um, Without being on the front lines, a lot of things that people like us can do, artists and like-minded artists, is we sell fundraisers. So we do what we can to to pull in money for, say, like legal fees or any kind of like um, uh, legality battles that they have to go through. So yeah. we raise funds for that. And when the whole Standing Rock thing was going on, same thing with Blue Lines, uh, I, I, me and Dan probably put together like three or four different separate fundraisers and raised quite a bit of money for those for their legal battles. And just this last weekend, um, Darren and his partner um, put together a, a fundraiser for the unit Silicon camp out in West Silicon territory and they raised around like eighty five hundred dollars in one night. So those are things that we can do and those are things that we actually take pride in, in doing for our for our people when we can't be on the front lines. And think, so things like that, that those kind of things are what, like, we're able to stay positive over. Yeah. And, like, brings together community where it doesn't seem like it's going so well for, for our people when we're looking at that at a bigger scale through, like, social media or, yeah, mainly, like, Facebook, you know? Yeah, I feel like I feel like social media is good for that at some point, at uh, this point, you know, a lot of... Uh... A lot of world tragedies weren't able to be solved because the media was only portraying one thing. Do you feel yeah. like you've gotten a lot of uh, help from the media, or has it all just been like social media that's been uh, been able to help? I mean, you you see what it's like. Yeah. Um, the headlines are always one-sided and leading towards more of like a like a colonial way than being ever on our side. You know, the headlines are always one-sided, in, in my opinion, and that's all I can really say about that. And, yeah, they like they tried to cause division between between our people and, um, like, colonial society and our, our between them and our people. Like, they always try and um, create a bit of, like, controversy. How did you and um, Young D started rapping about, uh, like, did you, were you always rapping about, Political issues or issues that that stuck out to you and uh, affected you, or was that or is that something that is recent? Or uh, no, that came over time. Yeah. Uh, actually, we didn't really start doing that until we moved to the city and moved away from home. Mm-hmm. So like, Q moved to Vancouver, 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 like a couple years before I did, and then. It was at that point, you know, like his hair started getting longer, you know, halfway down his back. And then I'm moving to Vancouver with the buzz cut, and then I started growing my hair. And then ironically, once our hair started getting longer, like we started really getting connected with ourselves and connected with the culture, connected with the land. And we started not being so materialistic and started thinking about what actually matters to us. So, like, that all came over time, and it took us moving away from home to actually start talking about the shit that we're talking about. So do you feel like now that you both are role models and um, do you have to be careful, I guess, who you rap with on uh, on certain projects now and uh, who you work with because you're, cause you're so influential and because you have such a, su- such a like, political message? Or yeah. I'd say that to a certain degree. It depends on the project, and it depends on the song. Mm-hmm. You definitely have to, like, watch who you're collaborating with because, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to, like, say something I'll regret, but, <laughs> yeah, like, you definitely have to watch who you're collaborating with and you got to know people's people's histories. You got to know, like, what they're about. But, 
Yeah, more importantly, what they stand for when you're collaborating with people. So how do you get into into trap music? What, what's your take on that? On the news? On the news? of beats. Is that something that, that you both are very passionate about, or if it was up to you, would you be rapping on like straight, like, straight boom bap type beats? Um, me, personally, I like both. You know, I'll always, I'll always have a love for the boom bap, but hip-hop, like everything else, evolves, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't evolve, you evaporate. Yeah. So, I do my best to keep it open mind when it comes to new music, because everybody's still... There's a lot of artists that rap on, like, boom-bap beats. Like, yeah. not every artist rap on trap beats, right? But it's just a matter of finding that right artist. And we've done, you know, boom-bap tracks in the past. Mm-hmm. And we really gravitated towards, you know, the new sound because we, we wanted to evolve. And a lot of the thing about, like, those trap beats, like, it's hype, right? It's high energy. And that's a really good representation of our shows. We do our best to keep it high energy and make everyone just have a good time. Forget about their problems for an hour or whatever. Sweet. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you both so much. Listen, 101.5 UMFM. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, bro. All right. Have a good one. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray to go pray for me. There's not enough money to make. Yeah. Give a young savage a break. Yeah. There's not enough food on my plate. Yeah. Give me a reason to pray. Yeah. Ready, just let us go crazy. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. Goddamn, I'm a bit out of place. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. The faces, they all look the same. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. I'm a savage from back in the day. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. Talk about us in our cake. Need you with attitude, that new and double. And tan on everything. Yeah. Thank the creator for Hover. Ho. I'm smudging the dirt off my shoulder. Go. Indigenous bastards, we be the baddest ones with the status. Diamond like Dallas, I'm proud of me. Yeah. Here on my hand, no sobriety. <laughs> Savage as fuck this society. Yeah. My name been the only way. Only way. That's work to a jib way. Humble with a little bit of Kanye. What? Nietzsche about to go crazy. There's not enough money to make. Yeah. Give a young Savage a break. Yeah. There's not enough food on my plate. Yeah. Give me a reason to pray. Yeah. Let us go crazy. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. Goddamn, I'm a bit out of place. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. The faces, they all look the same. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. I'm a savage from back in the day. Yeah. I can remember my name. Yeah. Fuck the fame, I'll be switching lanes. Let me navigate, no compass. We against the grain, we are not the same. We ain't about to get lost in the jungle. Now you're feeling uncomfortable. That's where I'm coming from. You're coming from the grind and I'm coming from the struggle. We be on the next wave yelling out cowbunga. Let's rumble, uh, we saw the name. Yeah. Bitch, I go score the Korean, go crazy. Head on my back, put that shit up in braids. What's an arcade, bitch? Remember the name. Swimming through the cream of the crop. Mama, don't let me get lost. I'm finding my way through the sauce. Show me the road to the top. There's not enough money to make. Give a young savage a break. There's not enough food on my plate. Give me a reason to pray. Ready, just let us go crazy. I can remember my name. Last night had me fighting in my sleep like Tyson and a Ringo. Ringo. Talking in tongues when I speak, that's my lingo. And I got eyes like an ego. ego. I'ma keep going, I'll never stop. I only go as far as my people. Do what I have to, make sure they eat too. Might shake your hand, but that don't be nice. Walking in the room like yeah, banging on a drum like yeah. She was dancing in the rain like yeah, feeling the pain of my people in my veins like yeah. Shout out to aim like yeah, can't do those things like that. Gonna end up on the range like that. Gonna take it to my grave like that. Forget about my name, oh yeah, shaky shank, oh yeah. Not enough money to make, yeah. Give a young savage a break, yeah. There's not enough food on my plate, yeah. Give me a reason to pray, yeah. Ready, just let us go crazy, yeah. I can remember my name, yeah. Goddamn, I'm a bit out of place, yeah. I can remember my name, yeah. The faces, they all look the same, yeah. I can remember my name, yeah. I'm a savage from back in the day, yeah. I can remember my name, yeah.
yeah. Thanks for listening to 101.5 EMFM. This is 393, the radio program of Graffiti Art Programming. Just heard some interviews with Snotty Nose Res Kids, as well as with Buffalo. I'd like to thank our interviewers that have done research and all wonderful things. Marisol Lagash, Sandy Balcaran, Talia, and Arian. You just heard some Snotty Nose with I Can't Remember My Name. Right now underneath, you listen to Riley, who is a youth that comes by, participant, and makes beats. Uh, you also heard some Claremont II, as well as Sedani, who's like just been mashing things up. Some Obi with the terrorist, not a terrorist, I should say. Uh, some Jeremy Dutcher, some Common Holly, some Jean-Michel Blake. Thanks for listening to 101.5 UMFM. This has been a rebroadcast, get you all ready for the Polaris Prize, long list announcement, as well as Jazz Fest in the city. Uh, Snotty Nose Res Kids will be playing the Cube as part of Jazz Fest with uh, DJ Shub. So come through, come through, come through, come through. That's this weekend. And check us out Monday to Friday in the Skywalk of Winnipeg's Portage Place. Dance, visual arts, beat making podcasting, radio, things upon things. All right, peace.